You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. All right, we are back. This is episode 12 of The Aftermath. I am your host, Christopher Tinfany, joined by my host, CJ Jones. And NFL football week one is finally here. Right, CJ? How fun was this weekend? Bro. I've been waiting on this day my entire life. Did you? We, uh, all, did we you, all needed this, man. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially after the after the year and summer that we've had. Um, did you get off your couch on on Sunday? Because I didn't. I really didn't, bro. I think I left the house maybe one time to go get something to eat, and other than that, I didn't move, bro. I was glued. I had four games going. I had my iPad going with all the games and my TV. So it was it was a fun day for me. How about you? Dude, that's the setup. I I only had one game going at a time. On my I was flipping back between whatever was on. I have Hulu TV, but and then following the rest on my phones, you know, fantasy and all that. So I didn't have quite the high speed setup, but I was keeping track of all of them. No, in fact, fantasy definitely made it even more interesting. I had some. I have a win pending right now on a couple of games tonight, but other than that, I got another good win. So. Yeah, it was definitely a fun weekend for sure. Right, for sure. But you know, hey, it got started most importantly on Thursday night. Thursday night. Chiefs opened up against the, the Texans at Arrowhead Stadium, got a little bit of the Super Bowl banner up, and it was a beat down from start to finish. Chiefs beat the Houston Texans 34 to 20. And CJ wasn't even close. It really wasn't. With the way we ran the football, bro, we dominated both sides of the ball. We contained their offense. We ran the ball at will, which was the most exciting thing to me. It was a complete dominant game. Had some little mishaps. Always room for improvement. But overall, like you said, Chris, a dominant performance by the guys in the red. I love it. Yeah, and what's crazy is that, like, if you think about the takeaways of this game, Mahomes normally is like one or two. Is like fifth or sixth down the list. You know, he was just out there doing his thing. But the the focal point, the biggest story to me, was the debut of rookie running back Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Who five? 25 carries for <laughs> number ironic. 25. That's ironic. <laughs> right? <laughs> 25 carries for number 25, 138 yards, and a beast of a touchdown run where he put Justin Reed in the hospital, it seemed like. What would you think of the young kid performance? I mean, we, I, we all expected him to be get a high usage rate. I think he really played almost like – I know he was over 80% of the snaps. I've seen Darrell Williams come in and spell him a little bit, but he played almost all the snaps. So uh, that was definitely expected. But the way they ran the ball at will, did he even have like, like, did he even have four or five catches? He really dominated the game with over 100 yards after contact rushing. I think he finished with 138 total. So if they could run the ball like at will like that, this offense truly is going to be unstoppable. If Clyde can just get in eye formation, dot you up, and you know what's coming and you still can't stop it, oh, yeah, Clyde's definitely going to be uh, due for rookie of the year if he keeps playing like that for sure. Yeah, he definitely showed why he is one of the favorites, if not the favorite. And you touched on it there a second. He he had zero catches out of the backfield. Bro, no, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> if you watched him at LSU, you know he can run it. He can catch it out of the backfield. So, like, he didn't even showcase that part of his game exactly. on Thursday. So, definitely a lot to look forward to, man. I still, like, if you take away the goal line carries to where the play calling was a little vanilla, the blocking wasn't as good. And, you know, you can also, you know, the running back is a part of that. He didn't run as well. If you take away, like, those six carries that he had around the goal line, 
he had like 145 yards on 19 carries or something crazy. Bro, it like was that. so like, crazy. Like you get him out of the out of the goal line, and that man was just running over the Texans. Which honestly, they're like 34 points looks like a lot, but their defense showed flashes at times, especially with that new look that they've got over there with the zone coverage they were running. Bro, the way they ran football last night, and even with like all the coverage they were trying to throw at them, I know that all they had was JJ Watt, and they lost a lot of pieces. But the thing that impressed me was like what you just said. Even with all the complex coverages, they just still. That was one thing we haven't seen from Andy. Like they really dotted in the I formation. They say we're going to run the football, and you're not going to be able to stop us. And we haven't seen Andy really do that in a while, probably since his Philly days. Like he's always been a good um, coordinator for getting the running backs involved, but he just straight up. Dot in the eye formation in the rain. You know what's coming. We know what's coming. You still can't stop it. And I and I love to see that. Yeah, and it, and it ended up coming down to the Chiefs rush the ball for thirty four times compared to thirty two times passing, which you have to do a double take because I don't know how often that ha- happened. Thirty plus Reed. rushes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they rushed it more than they passed it, and I, it wasn't like they were rushing the ball at the end of the game to get that number up. It was just a balanced attack the entire time through, and it really took. I mean, not that Pat really had any pressure, but. It, he didn't have to do anything special. He, if you looked at his like his QB chart, he didn't really throw the ball further than down than ten yards downfield because he didn't have to. Like they, they, they just they gave it to what the defense and it was, uh, you know, he, he still threw for three touchdowns, completed seventy five percent of his passes, but it was just like a pedestrian day for Patrick Mahomes. Fact, clearly, we don't hear, we don't see too many of those. <laughs> usually, he usually right. averages like what two or three touchdowns a game, so. Right, exactly, exactly the point. Like you know, he didn't he didn't do anything special that, or like special that we're used to, and he still threw for three touchdowns and completed seventy five percent of his passes. Would have had a great highlight couple maybe if uh, D Rob didn't catch two in Man, the end zone. Right so, the chest. Gotta catch them. Gotta catch them. Right, that's rough. But like, what do you think of D Rob getting more of the snaps over McCole Hardman, who again was played in less than thirty percent of the snaps? That was crazy to me. I'm not mad that D-Rob's getting his opportunities. He's a good player. We re-signed him for a reason. But all the hype we were hearing all summer and all training camp was Miko's going to have a bigger part of the offense. He's going to have a bigger impact. And that's all we were seeing in camp. That's all we were hearing all summer. He was working out. He was hyped about the offense, hyped about his opportunity. And then to come into the game, and there were even points Christian were like, he wasn't even on the field. That's the part that, that's the part that throws me off, Chris. It's like, I'm, I'm not saying D-Rob shouldn't play. We all know he's a great player. We signed him back for a reason. But if Miko was, was the guy that was a Pro Bowl returner, was supposed to be the young guy, he's going to be eventually the number two to Tyreek when Sammy eventually his contract ends up. Or if if, if a team decides to pay guys like D Rob, then how come he's not even getting the reps? Like, man, and like we know D Rob should have caught the ball, but I, I feel Miko should get a more opportunity for what he was supposed to do and how explosive he is when he touches the ball. So for a guy that has Tyreek Hill speed to not be on the field during some of those snaps just kind of drew question marks to me. Yeah. And, you know, this is a player that the Chiefs spent a second round draft pick on it. And, you know, when he touches the ball in his rookie year, he was electric. It was just those touches didn't come as often as we thought. And, you know, part of that was, you know, maybe not understanding the playbook as well, or, you know, he's not the biggest guy. So sometimes, you know, blocking in the run game, whatnot, may be a little more difficult, but was ready for, I'm ready for him to take even that next step. You know, he's, he's like Tyreek Hill as far as where Tyreek was at this point in his career. And Tyreek was on the field, you know, his second Facts. year in the, he was was still developing his route trees still you know working on his blocking but he was he was playing and i yeah marcus robinson's a great wide receiver for like you know he he has his flashes always seems to uh get those random touchdowns but if like you mccall hardman has to be on the field more than him mccall hardman is just a better all-around receiver 
than, or at least has more potential. And, you know, you, you spent more capital on McCole Hardman. And you would just think, that especially in this first week, when you're going up against an opponent like the Texans, who you're not really that scared of, that you would maybe give Hardman a little bit more opportunities to prove himself in live action, especially when, the, you know, no preseason, no, no other opportunities. And yet, McCole kind of didn't really get those opportunities you would have liked to see him get in a week one game. Exactly. I just, I would just, I would just shot to the point, like we said, not the fact that D Rob's getting his targets. He's a great player, but that they didn't draw, and all summer we were hearing that they're going to draw up plays for Nicole. He's going to have a bigger impact. He's going to have packages, kind of like the way we saw Tyreek was being used in his second year um, under Andy Reid. So the fact that he, we didn't see any reverses from him screens, and maybe it was week one training camp. You don't want to overextend guys. You don't want to have any injuries or, it was raining, so you didn't want to show too much to get the ball wet. So maybe there's some things that like maybe the outliers, maybe week two will be a better game. We're playing the Chargers. So, but overall, I definitely expected him to play a lot more overall. But like you said, maybe it's just um maybe just a comfort thing. Maybe they're comfortable with D Rob more. So but I, I expect him to get a bigger role. So but um speaking of the guys that made impact on Thursday, what did you think of our newly uh starting corner, Mr. Sneed, opposite of Charvarius? What do you think of his play? Oh man, that man played awesome. He he missed a couple tackles early. That first drive that I mean, he's uh, okay. David Johnson just rushed all over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was expected. But other than that first possession, that man played lights out at corner. Locked like, down. T- locked down. Yeah, exactly. Like it reminded me a little bit of um, of Charvarius Ward's first first game to where the. Where Russell Wilson and the Seahawks attacked him over and over because it was first start, except yeah. Sneed was able to make the plays in his first start. You know, he was able yeah. to break up and kept the close separation, didn't give up those big plays, and it, it was it was very encouraging, especially as hurt at corner as this team is right now. Facts. No, that was it was it was a great play, and obviously we all heard the news of um Charvarius with the um I think he broke a bone in his hand. I don't know which hand. Did we figure out which hand it was? Was it his left or his right hand? I know uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you that for sure. Um, I know what the report yeah. came out. Yeah, so, I mean, Snead definitely looked good. Like we said, going against an offense like that with a lot of weapons, a lot of explosive receivers, even though they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, you still have a lot of speed, like Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills. And so, so go out there, first game, prime time, opening game of the year, and to go out there and play the way he did and not give up too many big plays in the passing game and hold his own. And like you said, he gave up a couple plays early, but kept his head up, kept working, and, it bounced like that and didn't really give up any big plays in the entire game. It was it was, it was a bit of a big game from him for sure. I was proud of Snead for sure. Yeah, and you know he's gonna have to continue to play that way because you know we I I don't even though um, Ward will probably be able to come back sooner rather than later. He still might miss a week. I'm I'm sure he's gonna do everything he can to get back for week three for that Ravens yeah, game. But for sure, it still might be he still might not be himself. You know, with when you're playing with a cast on your arm like that, just yeah. that just changes the way you play the position. And Breland doesn't come back till week five, so Sneed and Hamilton and some of these other guys are gonna have to step up and really play strong cornerback position because that. That is well coming into the season. I thought was the biggest weakness, but after week one, it, it's got to be the linebackers, man. Those linebackers, our linebackers. Man, oh God, don't get me started. Oh God. Oh, get started. Get started. What was your thoughts on the linebackers? No. I mean, but no. To finish your point, no. I, I think I think Sneed's gonna have a, a good season if he just stays confident, plays the way he does. Hopefully, Charvarius, it's his non-dominant hand. So if he does have to jam, he can flip sides and flip with Sneed. I think Sneed's good enough to flip as well. They just have to hold right. the court down until we get until we get Breland, until we get Breezy back. I know he had the four-game suspension, so Fenton will step up. I know he played pretty solid. He gave up a couple plays, but we have guys that have right. been in the moment, so at least we can hold it down. And we're not really facing too many good um, offenses until we play Baltimore, so I think we'll be fine. But um, but like you said, as far as our linebacker play, 
Where was Mr. Willie Gay? That's what I want to know, Chris. He I was hearing all this hype at the camp, and why was he on the field? That's what I want to know. He was on the bench, and nobody has helmet on. He wasn't hurt. What's the problem? Yeah, n- nobody has really given a good answer to why he wasn't in the game. Like, I mean, Ben Neiman is a great human being. I, I am <laughs> done watching his ass on the field. Like, bro, I, I'm agree. I completely agree. Why wasn't Willie Gay on the field? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Not starting. Just why wasn't he playing? I don't get what he did. I mean, Darren O'Daniel got some snaps. Oh, and we talk about him this offseason. He barely got. He was getting in. <laughs> Like what the like? I mean, I have to I trust it, this. I have to trust this team. I have to trust this organization because I mean, we're coming off a Super Bowl win, and the defense has turned it turned it around from where we were a year and a half ago. But like this man, like if you outside of um, Kyle Taylor, you know our first round pick, I heard more about how good Willie Gay was than anybody else on the Chiefs exactly. uh, Chiefs rookie class. Exactly. And like for him to not even get a snap, like that's crazy. That's crazy. And then Especially to get the pro, fo- pro football focus grades and the worst three players, not just on defense, the worst three players in the game for the Kansas City Chiefs was Ben Neiman, uh, followed by Damian Wilson, followed by Anthony Hitchens. Those were the worst yeah. three. Those are your three yeah, starting bro. linebackers, and you can't even get your quote unquote stud rookie on the field. It, it blows my mind too, bro. I was just watching. Hitchens looks slow. I was watching D. Will. He's better than that. I was watching him miss tackles. I was watching Ben right. Neiman be out of place. I was like, bro, we could just throw Willie in the game. Just give him a chance, coach. Like, Spags, like, let him go out there and make a flash. Let him give him a blitz or something. At least give him a chance. But the fact that he wasn't playing at all, that threw me all the way off. Especially, like you said, all the hype we were hearing all camp all summer. The fact that he – it's not enough to, like, have a minimal role but to not play. It's either, like, either you don't know what you're doing or a coach doesn't trust you. And I would hope that neither one of those are the case. But, like you said, we had to believe Spags. We had to believe in his defense. We did it. We started off slow last year, so then we picked it up towards the end of the year. So hopefully he'll get more reps, more time to be more continuity with him in the defense. So I expect a, a, a big a big appearance from him very, very soon. Hopefully it's week two versus the Chargers, but we all would like to see. And when you said that stat of the three worst players, that just made me even more upset yep. of the way we play. So <laughs> hopefully right. we can and get like, a Willie Gay signing very, very soon because Lord knows we need it. We need it for sure. For sure. And, you know, luckily, like, you know, we're sitting here yelling about Willie Gay not playing. Outside of the first drive, the Texans didn't do anything else until seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. They like, really did. They the really defense did. played good, and a lot of that was because of the defensive line. Specifically, Chris Jones showed why he Stack got machine. paid, got a sack and a half, was in the backfield the whole time against a revamped Texans line. That line was terrible. I felt bad for Deshaun Watson, man. Like, Chris yeah, Jones and Frank Clark and company were eating all night. No, I agree. We And we knew coming into me and Caleb were talking about this before the game, too. Like, this is the first time Chris played the Texans last year. Both matchups he didn't play. So, you yeah. know, he's going to be geeked for this matchup. Um, you know, Frank is one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's proven. He's certified. So, him and Chris coming to the game, we're definitely going to try to um, take over their matchups and win their one-on-ones because I know the Texans trade a lot of uh, value and picks for to try to get Laramie Tunsil, and they have, I know, the right tackle, the kid out of Alabama State. So, I knew it was it was going to be a new a new introduce to them because seeing Chris, obviously one of the best D tackles in the league is a position, some guy you really can't game plan for. There's nobody on your roster that can duplicate what he does. So I expected a big game of Chris, and he gave it to us. Him and Frank were getting constant pressure on Deshaun all night. Like you said, I feel bad for Deshaun because he's a good player getting his head beat in almost every week. So um, the D-line is obviously the strength of our defense. It's the best group um, on our team behind us, high, 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 high receivers. So that's, that's what everyone expected them to do. They dominated. They played well. 
Uh, T Mad looked good. The rent came due. We collected. Our cornerbacks played good. Like you said, the only weakness on our defense really was our linebacker. So if we can get that corrected, watch film, guys come back, uh, correct their mistakes, and we'll see what we do week two. But we should, we definitely have a great defensive line group as expected. We expect them to play for sure. And it's going to be important that the linebackers get their stuff together because next week the Chiefs head to L.A. to play the Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Chargers. Their debut of that big old new stadium that they split oh, with the Rams. The Rams, of course, debuted on Sunday night against the Cowboys, but the Chargers get their home opener, and they've got they've got some running backs. They've got a mobile quarterback, so those linebackers are going to have to be able to get to the ball carriers and kind of limit some of you know force the Chargers to do other some other things than run up the middle. No, absolutely, they have. Um, I know the Chargers. They um just got a win versus the Bengals the other day, so you know they're geek. They have a lot of confidence. Barely. They're, they're going to come in. I know barely. <laughs> a win's a win, what they say, right? <laughs> right. They, they snuck by Joe Burrow and the Bengals, so I know they're going to be uh, they're, they're going to be confident, but they know they haven't beaten us in a long time, so they're going to they're definitely going to come in. They want to start their home opener with a W, so we have to go in there and spoil them a little bit. So if we come in there, do what we do, handle business, keep Tyrod, make him flustered, uh, make him make some bad decisions. Watch out for Eckler; he's their best playmaker besides uh, Keenan Allen. So. Um, that's definitely that's definitely a matchup for sure. We're gonna have to watch Chris because uh, if if Traverius doesn't play, I know we haven't heard any news yet. But if he doesn't play, Keenan Allen's definitely gonna look to feast. So that'll be an interesting matchup for sure. I'm sure Tyrod and that offense will look to try to exploit that. Right, and I would have agreed with you 100 percent on the Keenan Allen if it wasn't that Keenan Allen just came off a four reception, 37 yard game where really the Bengals, you know, it wasn't that the Bengals corners are playing that great. It was that Tyrod Taylor couldn't get him the ball. For me, the big, the scariest player is going to be Austin Eckler because as we've seen last year with Aaron Jones and, you know, with other running backs throughout the league when they play the Chiefs, the linebackers just cannot cover the running back. And Austin Eckler is probably the second best receiving uh, running back in the league behind Christian McCaffrey. And so I expect him to eat against this Chiefs defense. That's why they need to sure that, sure that up because that's going to bail out Tyrod Taylor no, if he can't get it going. Back. I know I was telling some of my buddies this weekend, if Tyrod keeps playing like that, we're going to see Herbert a lot sooner than we expected right. to. So, um, I mean, I mean we, we coming into the season, we all knew who Tyrod Taylor is. He's a solid quarterback. He's like a B-level quarterback. He's not going right. to lose you the game. He's not going to win you the game either necessarily. So, um, to have – I know Mike Williams uh, played a little bit. He had a hurt shoulder. So, he's a guy that can go up and make plays. He's a great 50-50 ball guy. Keenan Allen's a great route runner. Hunter Henry's back. Austin Eckler. So, they have weapons. But if Tyrod Taylor, like you said, if he struggled versus the Bengals, they have to come into – playing the Chiefs and Chris Jones and Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew, a lot of guys that can get after you more so than the Bengals did. So if you struggle versus them, what do you think you're going to do against this defense? And then the offense is going to put even more pressure on you to score. So um, it's definitely going to be a good matchup for sure. But like we say, we never under underestimate anyone. You want to respect all your opponents and prepare like you're winning the Super Bowl. So we come in there and handle our business and we go to LA, try to come back with a W. That's, that's the agenda for sure. Right. And healthy. Cause you know, when you've got both, calm down. <laughs> Hey, that's the biggest thing for this Chiefs team. They, I mean, watching the rest of the games, the Ravens are the only team that looks any good. Like, health is going to be such a big part because of well, Absolutely. I agree. Completely agree. Maybe, nope. I mean, and that's and that's why I was okay with the play calling on Thursday night against the Texans, how it was so vanilla. Because, like, yeah, first it game, doesn't, yeah. if you know you can win, it doesn't need to be crazy. You don't need exactly. to pull all the stops, pull, get people into danger. I mean. Just line up. Beat the team you in across it. At the end of the day, football is tackling and blocking. If we can do that better than them, there's no need to be fancy or have any flair. Chris, just line up and beat the team across from you. That's what they did. They just line up and just ran the ball all day. 
For sure. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. The line right now is eight and a half for the Chargers-Chiefs game. What is your score prediction eight and next half. Sunday? So we're going to win by a touchdown. That's cool. Okay. I right, will say the, the final score, it's going to be uh, sunny, so no worry about no rain, no elements. Um, <laughs> we have all our guys healthy. I say we put up at least 30, so I'm going to go 34 to 16. 34 to 16, that's, that's about in the ballpark. I was. I think it's going to be very similar to the Texans game. I'm going to go a little bit more. I'm going to go 38. I think five touchdowns and a field that's, goal. That's, that's a good one. I, I may do that, too. I, I, may, I like and, 38 a little better. And, I'll, and I'm going to give the Chargers 20 because I think they're going to be able to move the ball a little bit. I think they're going to have to settle for field goals a couple of times just because I, I am a little bit worried about Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Um, so I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit, maybe get a garbage time touchdown. But I don't think it should be – a crazy and with Derwin James, I know the Chargers have great corners. God, we may be we may be a little we may be a little aggressive on our point prediction, but without Derwin James in there and the weakness of the linebacker position, I think Travis Kelsey eats. I think the Chiefs are able to put up some ball and put up some points. No, I, I agree with you. I know. I and on the side now, I hate hearing the Derwin James news, man. I just yeah, I has so much potential. I love watching him at Florida State. A guy that could arguably want to be one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best safety, if he could just stay on the field. So to see him have to miss almost the entire season again, two years in a row, that 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 just pains me to see. Even as a Chiefs fan, you just hate seeing good players not be on the field. So prayers and thoughts go out to him. Hopefully, he can come back and make a speedy recovery. But no, as you for said, sure. it's a, um, it's going to be a good matchup for our offense because they lost their best their best defensive player behind Joey Bosa. So um, I know they they grabbed Chris Harris and they still got Casey Hayward over there as well. So the way with the way we throw the ball and our weapons and the way we can literally line up and just manhandle people in the run game. Kaliche looked awesome on Thursday. He looked amazing. The way we run the football at will, if we can do that, our offense truly can do whatever we want to do. You can't stack the box against us. You can't play the box light because then we're going to kill you in the run game. So we have uh, we have all the weapons at our disposal for sure. So Pat is definitely due for a big game. So I have Clyde on my fancy team. So I'm expecting another 20-burger for him for sure. Right. That would be nice. And I'm actually going to change. I am going to talk. I talked myself into – 31 to 20 just because that defense is a little better still without even without Derwin James exactly four touchdowns and a field goal still is a lot of scoring so yeah, um, for sure. for I'm gonna sure. bring mine down I'm gonna bring mine down a notch <laughs> once I kind of I kind of forgot how good those corners are for the Chargers so they some good corners for sure and they're gonna be geeked up there at home yeah that, that, that seems more reasonable either like 30 right. 34 either, one, either me or you or one of us is gonna be right so <laughs> right right more than likely because they you know with Pat at quarterback they score at least 27 exactly. most of the games I think what is it like he's only scored like the Colts game is the only game where he scored under 25 or something exactly crazy like that he really so. averages like almost 30 every game which is crazy <laughs> right right so no, but, hey, but hey, what other games stood out to you from week one? Get a little bit around the league here to close out the podcast. Uh, there were there were some good games on Sunday. It was a big lineup for sure. But I would say the two games that stuck out to me the most was the um, Cardinals going into San Francisco and beating the 49ers. Kyler Murray is putting his stamp on his early MVP season. I was telling people all summer he's coming for next, bro. He's a he's a he's a talented player who can throw the ball. He can run it. And you just gave him DeAndre Hopkins. And somebody please check the pulse on Bill O'Brien. He probably had a heart attack when he saw that stat line. DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday, so um, that that game stood out to me a lot. And I would say the other one would probably be probably the um, I didn't like I didn't like that game as much. I would say maybe the Raiders look pretty good. Like Josh Jacobs yeah. ran the ball extremely well. Derek Carr didn't really turn the ball over. Nelson Aguilar scored a touchdown for him. Darren Waller was solid. Their defense played pretty good. They contained Christian McCaffrey for the majority of the game. So um, for, for that part, Derek Carr looked good. Even with Henry Ruggs looked good with his new weapon. So. John Gruden looked look pretty solid for sure with his offense. Those are probably the two games that stood out to me the most. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I you got to go with uh, that 
Packers or the Packers and Vikings because Aaron Rodgers just was ridiculous. I mean, him and Devontae Adams looked unstoppable. Kind of was, you know, all the all we heard this offseason was that uh the Packers lucked into 13 and 3. I don't know how you lucked into 13 and 3, but like that was what everyone was saying that they weren't a true two number two seed, weren't that good. Aaron Rodgers washed, there's no weapons. I mean, when you have Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, do you need other weapons? Like, I mean, that's a solid three, and they put up 43 on the Vikings, who I know they've got a lot of – they had a lot of moving pieces, a lot of new parts of that defense, but, like, this is a team that prides themselves on defense, and they team up 43 in their own building. I don't care if there's fans there or not. That's embarrassing. No facts. That's crazy. Uh, I think that's the most point they said Zimmer's ever gave up to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, so Aaron Rodgers looks like he's coming back with the vengeance. And then there's two more, and I'm I'm kind of going on the quarterback play because Lamar Jackson started his, his his tour to where showing that his MVP season wasn't a fluke, that he can throw, he's a baller, and that Russell Wilson showed that he's still here too, and he put up four touchdowns and shredded a Falcons defense. So, I mean, that's kind of the class of the NFL for me after week one is the Ravens chiefs above everything. And then the Packers showing they're around and the Seahawks, Russell Wilson might just will these Seahawks to, I mean, they don't have the greatest supporting cast, but with Jamal Adams added to that defense Seahawks, we, I might've, I was, I had Seattle as a wild card team. And after one week, after seeing the 49ers, but seeing Russell Wilson, I, they might be, they might be a two seed in the NFC. No, for sure. I definitely was picking them to make the playoffs. Absolutely, I was. It always comes down to that that week. I think they end up playing each other either weeks like sixteen or seventeen at the end of the season. Whoever wins right. that last game, that last matchup, usually the one that wins the division. So we all had Seattle in the playoffs. But like you said, if if Russell Wilson, if they really let him cook like this and let him throw the ball twenty to thirty times a game, I know sometimes they like to keep that number around to fifteen to eighteen. He threw the ball thirty five times yesterday. Right. So if he really throws the ball like that, and DK Metcalf is looking like. He's looking like a monster, man. I know oh a lot of people were gosh. doubting him saying he couldn't run routes, but he ran a sluggo yesterday. It looked pretty nice to me, Chris. So. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Rocket, this, is, this is the best set of weapons Russ has had ever. So he's usually had guys like Doug Baldwin and Golden Tate and Curse. So if he had these kind of receivers and these running backs, Chris Carson was looking like a beast. Carlos Hyde snuck in, got him a cut, like got him a touchdown. So if Russell Wilson plays like this, man, the NFC is going to be real scary. It's going to be either be them. Or the um, the Saints coming out the NFC to me, those will probably be my top two teams right now. They both look good yesterday. So, um, and like you say, Lamar's starting starting his running his his own tour. So he's trying to get another MVP. So that week three game, man. Every week it builds up anticipation. I know we don't want to look ahead, but I can't wait for that game, bro. That that's right, and that's my top game of the season. <laughs> and luckily, we don't have to look too far ahead. We just gotta get back one more week. But there is a game that we haven't talked about that was supposed to be the biggest game of the week. That was honestly a little bit of a letdown. And that's going to be the Saints Bucks, the two legends, two first ballot Hall of Famers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and neither one of them looked that great. Neither one. And honestly, Tom threw two picks, a couple of miscommunications. I expected him to not have a perfect game because, I mean, no preseason, no scrimmages. The first time you've seen a different color right. jersey all year. So I didn't expect him to come out there and light the skies on fire, but I definitely expected Drew Brees to look a little better. But like you just said, him, just like Pat, they really didn't need him to. Alva Kamara had a great game. They ran the ball at will. Um, Michael Thomas only had like three or four catches. They didn't even unleash him. So they really didn't even right. need to really throw the ball that well. They just ran the ball on him all day. So um, week one, and, and I kind of try to temper people's expectations. Like 
the first right, four right. weeks of an, of an NFL season are kind of not that big because it's the first four weeks. That's essentially like their preseason because they play 16 games. Forget mm-hmm. that 16 game. That's a lot of football. So the first four weeks may not be as conventional as we're used to seeing when they get down to the meat of the season, like weeks eight, nine, 10, and 11. So um, I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect the offense to come out and go crazy, but I did expect them to play a little better than what they did. So um, the turnovers definitely were shocking, but I mean, when you're in a week one, you're Mike Evans had a pulled hamstring and you're going against a te- a defense that's really good at home. And Marshawn Lattimore is a very solid corner. Uh, that's, that's not a good matchup for Tom, Tom Brady week one. I know the scheduling guys, I know we all complained about him having like the perfect schedule. They didn't they didn't give him any favors on the opener. So I know he was hoping for like the Panthers or somebody weak. So, but, but now I I expect the uh, I expect Tom Brady to bounce back have a good game next week. They play the Panthers too, so he's gonna come in and smack. The, oh, I feel bad for Carolina. He's gonna come out pissed off. So <laughs> right, right. No, I'm with you too. Like no preseason, new team. Gronk's new. Fournette's new. Uh, McCoy's new. You know, and then Godwin and uh, Mike Evans have to get used to a new quarterback. Like it's just it's just a lot of moving parts. And honestly, though, like if you take out those turnovers. That was a real big part for the Saints offense because the Buccaneers is front seven. All seven of those guys are legit from Bad. White to David to Sue to um, who am I missing the names? To JPP to Vita Vey. Like th- those are all front seven guys. They got some guys, uh, bro. They got some guys. And yeah, like uh, Barrett. I didn't even say Barrett. Like that front seven is scary for Tampa Bay. And if you have, if Tampa Bay gets the lead in games, if Brady's able to get some leads, like watch out opposing quarterbacks. Because that was my biggest takeaway from the Bucks team. This, you know, we're going to spend all this time talking about Brady and these receivers, but that front seven might be the scariest front seven in the NFL. And they they gave Brady's a hard time. Got after him all game. I mean, when's the, Breeze went 18 for 30. When's the last time you've seen Drew Brees like finish below like a 60 something percent? Facts, bro. Uh, they, they were getting constant percentage. Pressure. Constant pressure. They did good. Yeah. Todd Bowles got a nice little group so that, on them. And towards the end of the year, they were one of the better defenses improving. So, right. You gave him, right. uh, you added him, and Abakazu came back. Um, I forgot to have Vita Bay. I forgot, you said that name, I forgot about him. He played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JPP still there. Shaq Barry led the league in sacks. Like, they got, like you said, they got some dogs, man. Yeah, if you can rush the pass, yeah, that covers up whatever you got. So um, that uh, I keep an eye on that Buccaneers defense moving forward. Yeah, all the all the all the spotlight's going to be on Brady, but they they got some other pieces over there in Tampa. They got some guys that can play, man. That's just scary. If they can they really can score points, and they got a pass rush like that. That's why a lot of people picked them to possibly come out the NFC for sure. I know the Saints were my the, were my favorite pick, but my backup team if they didn't make it, I think the NFC Championship game would have been them playing the Buccaneers somehow, but. Um, right. If not them, Seattle. But uh, the Bucks are definitely going to be in the running for sure. I, I, I'm not worried about their offense. They're going to get it down. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's exactly. too smart of a guy. Bruce Aaron's Bruce a smart guy. They'll figure it out. But give them a defense with a pass rush like that, pass rush and coverage. That's what wins you on defensive plays. So they have a pass rush for sure. So that's definitely yeah, going yeah. to be fun to watch. NFC's got a lot of interesting teams. In the AFC, though, we're looking forward to the Chiefs taking on the L.A. Chargers. Next week on Sunday, it's gonna be a big game. Uh, ben, I, we're excited. We're gonna we're gonna bring it all to you. We'll have a full game recap next week on the aftermath. But that's gonna do it for week one of the NFL season for us. CJ, what what you got for us? Um, I would say just work working on the aftermath. You guys want to catch me? I'll probably possibly be on Coach's Corner with my guys Justin and Caleb. Catch me on there. If not, hit me on Twitter. At CJEEZY81, CGZ81. If you want to talk any ball, I'm always there. 
But uh, while I'm here, you guys go get your merch. Please, please go get support us. Arrowhead shop arrowheadlive.com. Get your crew necks, hoodies, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Get ready for the fall. Fall is here. Hoodie season is here. Get your stuff. Get ready. We're 1-0, baby. We're trying to get 2-0. We're on to the next. Hashtag run it back. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time. See you guys. To the Chiefs kingdom, you guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!